All right, guys, so did you bring your Bibles? Did you bring anything to take notes with? Okay, if you didn't bring something to take notes with, I would highly suggest you pull out your phone or pull out some device, some way to take notes, because I've got a lot of scriptures to go through, and typically, as most of you know, uh, when I preach or when I do some teaching, I usually do kind of uh, uh, expository So I'll take a passage of scripture and we'll begin to break down each of the verses. And I typically, that is my standard style. Today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about this as being an introductory to the Holy Spirit. And God gave me verses and he gave me things that I believe he organized in my own mind that I want to give to you this morning. And I want you to be able to write it down or have some way to take it away with you this morning. Because I believe it's important. It fits completely to the times and the season and everything that we're going through. And it's amazing and we should be so grateful and so thankful that God has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us in all times, especially in times of uncertainty. So hopefully you guys are ready to be able to take some notes. Uh, Look, guys, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Have we noticed this? We've noticed this in our own lives. We can see it in the lives of others. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need his guidance. We need his wisdom. We need his understanding. We have to be able to have him help us sort through the information that is coming at us. Because there is so much information coming at each and every one of us. I mean, the amount of information, whether it be on Twitter, on Facebook, on the news channels, every which way you turn, you are getting flooded with information. And one thing says one thing, and the other thing says this thing. It was that they caused it. No, they caused it. It was the Republicans. It was the Democrats. It was some other person. It was this other group. And you begin to start looking, going... I don't know what to believe anymore. Come on now. And we begin to be like, well, then, you, then we set our minds to believing something, and then that's it. We're going to believe that this is the real reason, and we start running and posting and doing all these things because we believe this is the absolute reason. Well, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know the true reason. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit to understand truly what God is doing, what he is doing in this time, what he is working on. Because I'll tell you what, the plan and the purposes of the enemy is to scatter us. His plan and his purpose is to bring disunity to the body of Christ. And he will use whatever method, whatever tactic it is. And I can tell you as clear as day as I can see, I mean, y'all can see it, what the plans of the enemy is doing. I mean, he's, he's having churches be closed, and then he's causing things to happen in the streets, and then there are riots that are happening. And then there's going to be this economic downturn and all this stuff. He is just causing us, he's just trying to separate us. He is trying to divide us. He is trying to bring disunity to the church. He is bringing, he's trying to bring disunity to the country. And the church, we have to step up and be the voice of reason. We have to step up and speak the truth. We have to step up and be love to our community. We have to step up and be like Jesus and be Jesus's hands and feet in this community. We as the church cannot allow the enemy to divide us. And so we as a church, people, us, we need to be very careful with what we're saying and how we're saying it because the, I'll tell you what, God is not pleased if there are Christians causing additional disunity within the church. 
He just doesn't like it. I can tell you for a fact. He doesn't like it. And the Bible continues to say to speak truth in love. To speak truth in love. So we can speak truth, but we need to be speaking it in love. And so as I was studying for this, uh, I really just felt God kind of gave me like a job description for the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I come from a business background, and, you know, even at the church, we have, like, job descriptions. And, he, and I'm like, the Holy Spirit does this, and he does this, and he does this, and he does that. But the Lord really just started organizing them in my mind and organizing them on a piece of paper that the Holy Spirit actually has a job description. And that job description is to help us. That job description is to show us certain things. And there are four major categories of this job description that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, before, as an introduction to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God, okay? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is as much God as the other triune parts of the, parts of the Lord. He is God. And a good way to say it, I heard somebody say this, God thought it, Jesus said it, and the Holy Spirit did it. Okay? Right, so God, God the Father, I mean, he is, he is a plan and a purpose. Jesus is the one who spoke creation into existence, right? Jesus was there from the beginning. It's Jesus' words. It's why we use the name of Jesus. There's so much power in his name and speaking his name. He is the word, right? So this is the spoke. This is us speaking it, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to do it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to go out before us, to indwell in us, to create a new creation on the inside of us, huh? The same power that rose Christ from the grave resides on the inside of us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? That is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And so I start looking at these scripture after scripture, and I really just started putting this thing together, and I want to get this out to you guys here this morning. Now, first of all, I like to say my daughter's back there doing the AV, doing the slides. She doesn't want you to know she's back there. But I purposely gave as many possible scriptures as I could for her, just so that she could walk through with us to have the biggest challenge that she can have, right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit's job description. I have these main points, and then there are these points underneath it. But before I get to it, I want to go to Galatians 5, verse 16. Because we need to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing. And it says, when, it says I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. We need to be walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. This, this is the battle. This is the battle that's happening right now. This is the battle that's out there. Disease is of the flesh. We're battling this disease. Fear is from the enemy. We're battling this fear. All this stuff that's having the hate, everything that's going on out there, we are battling this. This is a spiritual battle. And it's a battle that we're warring the spirit against the flesh. Because when we walk in the spirit, we walk as God has intended us to walk. These things are contrary to one another. Look at that. They're contrary to one another. The flesh and the spirit are actually contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The Holy Spirit is working through us, and we are paying attention, then we are partnering with him to allow him to do his job. Listen to that. If we are being submitted, if we are being saying, you know what, Holy Spirit, have your way, we're actually partnering with this job description that I'm about to give you. 
When we don't partner with the Holy Spirit, when we don't do that, we're actually saying, you've got a job to do, but I'm actually not allowing you to do that job. There's a part that we play in this. There's a part that we have to play in this. So number one, the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. He always points us to Christ. Anything that the Holy Spirit says cannot go against the word of God. He is constantly pointing us to Christ. It says in John 16, and Grace, I'm going to skip to verse 8. John 16, verse 8. It says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You understand the Holy Spirit convicts. That is part of his ability to turn us to Christ. To turn our eyes to Christ. It's almost as if his job description is when you're walking like this, he stops us and he points us to Christ. When we're walking in sin or there's something going on in our life, he stops us, convicts us, and we look again at Christ. The Holy Spirit's part of his job description is to point us to Christ. Constantly, he is pointing us to Christ. The next scripture here, John 15, 26. Not only is he pointing us, but he bears witness with Christ. It says that, but when the helper comes, whom shall I send to you from the Father, but the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Constantly pointing us to Christ. Constantly pointing us to Christ. The Spirit glorifies Christ, takes what is Christ, and then declares it to us as believers. You understand that? He takes what is declared by Christ, and he makes it understandable to us. The Spirit bears witness to believers about our adoption. We have been adopted by God into his family, and the Holy Spirit bears witness with that on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit searches everything and comprehends God's thoughts. So all of this, all of this is point number one, is that the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Christ. He is pointing us to Christ. And after each one of these points, I have like a reflection. And I want you to stop and think with me just for a minute about this reflection. Number one, are we pointing to Christ? If the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is indwelling on on the inside of us, and if we are allowing him to do his job description, which is to point us to Christ, we too ought to be pointing others to Christ. If we are not, if we are drawing people away from Christ by our words and by our actions and by other means, then we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. Because if you are, he is pointing us to Christ, which means you will be pointing other people to Christ. If we are allowing the Spirit to work in us, then we should be pointing people to Christ. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit does not have a political party. I know, that's tough. He doesn't have, guys, come on. He do, I mean, I, there are so many different churches and there's so many different people that I've got to meet and got to spend time with who love Jesus who are not Republican. Shocking. It's not that shocking. Guys, we get ourselves so wrapped up into being that everything that the Republicans do are right and everything that the Democrats do are wrong. That's garbage. That's not pointing people to Christ. 
Christ is not part of any either political party. He's part of the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He has the greatest kingdom and he's coming back. He is returning for his church. He is concerned with the church and his kingdom. We have to be really careful, guys. Really careful. Are we pointing to Christ? Jesus, only Jesus. Come on. Jesus, only Jesus. Every post, every word, everything that we say, are we pointing to Jesus Christ? Our actions, are we pointing to Jesus Christ? Come on, church. Number two, the second part of the job description for the Holy Spirit is he empowers us for the work of Christ. So not only what part one is he's pointing us to Christ, part two, the Holy Spirit actually is empowering us to do the work of Christ. We are his hands and his feet on this earth. Look at, I mean, look at these scriptures here. For, go to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 11. The Spirit is apportioning spiritual gifts to the church, to his people, to do his work on this earth. It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Each and every one of us have the ability and opportunity to receive spiritual gifts, to be a better example of his hands and his feet on this earth. The Holy Spirit working on the inside of us is empowering us to be his hands and his feet. And what a time right now could we be as a church, his hands and feet. There is no more important time in history. I know there's always times in history, and every time you're in is the most important time, because that's the time you're in. So guess what that means? It's right now is the most important time in our history. Because we are here, and we have something to do. And we need to be his hands and feet. And we need to love and show how to love. And we need to disciple. And we need to pray for people. And we need to see the sick healed and the lost saved. You, the church, we, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to go do that. There's motivational gifts. There's gifts of the Spirit. There's five-fold ministry. There's so many things that he has given the church to be able to do its job. Not only that, is he, he gives us with power to do it. We started talking about that last week. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. But you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Power to do the calling on your life. Power to be the mom that you need to be. Power to be the employer, employee that you need to be. Power to be the dad and the husband that you need to be. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be his hands, and his feet. The Spirit develops fruit in our life. Evidence of the power working in us is the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love. I love, that. I love that Paul starts with love here. It's just like, let me just set it out straight. Let me just let you know the very first fruit that I'm looking for in your life. Let me just put out there the one, the thing that says faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. This is who we need to be. This is who the church needs to be. This is who we as individuals need to be. 
We need to be marked by love. Yes, we're marked by miracles, but we ought to be marked by love. Receiving God's love and then giving God's love. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. God dwelling on the inside of us, being able to work through us and to bring this fruit. Not provoking, if you look at the, towards the end of that verse, uh, in verse 26, it says, not provoking one another to anger, not being conceited, not envying one another. Come on, guys. The fruit of the Spirit, all these things, and then he goes on, Grace, if you can put up uh, the next verse, hey, there you go, verse 26. Let us not become conceited. So here's the fruit. Here's what God's looking for to be manifested coming through our life when we are partnering with the Holy Spirit's job description, which is this is what he, he wants to bring fruit out of our life. When we're doing this, then this cannot be what we're doing. Let us not then become conceited. Well, I've got Jesus and I have all the answers, and so you all, everyone else is wrong, and I'm so sorry. You're all going to hell. Come on, guys. Honestly, I've met people who were surprised that a Christian was a Democrat. They were actually shocked by it. I was like, oh, I can't believe that's true. Really? Guys, come on. We've become, somehow we've become conceited like we have all the answers. Jesus has all the answers. The Holy Spirit working through us has all the answers. And we've become, honestly, the enemy has distracted us. He has distracted us with riots. He's distracted us with COVID. He's, I mean, these are all works of the enemy, there is no doubt. Abuse, hate, abuse of power, racism. It is all a plan and the work of the enemy to hate and not to love. And to bring disunity and not to have unity. It's like clear as day. You, know, you, can just, you can see it happening. And so we have to rise up against these things. So it says, don't become conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Church, let us not provoke. Bible clearly tells us, let's not provoke. Can we love? Can we love that person that feels a different way about something? Can we? I mean, honestly, reflect. This is the part of the reflection on the second one. Can you love someone who thinks differently than you? Can we love someone who posts differently on Facebook? Do we think that Jesus didn't come and die for them as well? He did. So this reflection, are we using the power that is available in us to do the work of Christ? Are we using that power that's within us to do? Are we using it to pray to encourage, to empower, to teach, to mentor, to disciple? Are we displaying this fruit? It's just a question we have to ask ourselves. Number three, the Holy Spirit. He leads us, teaches us, and guides us to be like Christ. So he points us to Christ. He empowers us to be Christ on this earth. But then at the same time, he always is helping us and guiding us to be more like Christ. And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes the pruning process hurts a little bit. Sometimes it hurts a lot. Because his ultimate goal, we said this a couple weeks ago, was wholeness for you. 
is wholeness for you. The great reward of following Jesus and seeking after him is wholeness. On this earth, we can be whole. And then eventually completely made whole in his presence. So he leads us, that's number three, the Holy Spirit leads us, teaches us, and guides us to be like Christ. Grace, go to John 14, verse 26. The Spirit teaches us and reminds us, says, but the Helper, the Helper, which is the Holy Spirit, from the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance of all things that he has said to us. He brings to remembrance those things in which we need to remember, when we need to remember it. Sometimes I feel like it's like Total Recall. Is that a movie? I feel like that's a movie. Probably has nothing to do with this, right, what I'm talking about. It's just Total Recall. But that's what the Holy Spirit can do for us. If we are allowing him to work in us, we can have a total recall of the things that we need to do exactly when we need to remember them. He can work through that. say, well, I don't remember the exact scripture verse and the exact, but you remember what God was saying in that. And you, that was what was empowering coming through you to minister to somebody else and to encourage somebody else. This is what the Spirit does for us. The Spirit speaks in Acts 8.29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. The Spirit speaks to us. He goes after us. In Acts 13, verse 2, listen listen to this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. He is constantly leading us, constantly teaching us, constantly guiding us. Here's Acts 16. I'm going to end this, the number three here with this one. Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, I think it is, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Whoa. The Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the word of God in Asia. So before we say something, I believe that we should be asking the Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to say? And you say, well, I just need to preach the gospel all the time to everyone. Maybe this is not the exact right time. Maybe the time is five minutes from now. Maybe the time is tomorrow or two days from now. And it's not right now, but we just start going and spewing what we think is the right thing to go say. He stopped them from preaching the gospel. Come on, church. Like, well, what would he mean? Because they had in their mind something good. But we have to always, always seek what is God, not what is good. What does God want us to go do? It's a one-letter difference between good and God. And it makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference in the world. Just one little letter. One little letter. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Because sometimes you're like, you know, well, the Spirit, the Lord told us to cancel sports and arts camp. Like, but no! But this, we got to preach the gospel, we got to see kids, and we got to do all these things, but you gave us the vision. But he said No! It's just like, okay, okay, I don't like the answer, but okay. Because I don't know what he has in store. We don't know all of the exact plans and purposes that he's got planned. 
for this summer or for the fall or what he's going to begin to orchestrate through and that we as a staff would have been distracted on doing something we thought was good, which was sports and arts camp, when he had something so much better over here that was so much of God that we begin to see miracles and revival and all the things we're hoping and praying for. But we're distracted over here. This is how we have to live our lives as well. So the reflection on this one. Are we being teachable? And being led by him, or are we being led by our flesh and our emotions? We have to reflect on Are we being teachable and being led by him? Number four, the last part of the Holy Spirit job description, is he points us to holiness and justice on behalf of Christ. He actually points us to a holiness on the inside. And when we see what's happening on the outside in the world, he's actually pointing us to justice on behalf of him. What he died for, what he came for. He points us to justice. Hebrews 10.29. Look, the spirit can actually be outraged. Outraged. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace, or outraged the Spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you what, guys, that I believe that the Holy Spirit is not real happy with America at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Our reaction to I just he's not happy. And there are things that he is calling us as a church to do and to be. And he's calling us to love our community, to partner with our community. And we see certain things happen. We say, well, this was this guy, and this did this, and he did that, and he was at this, and he was that. You know what? Jesus came for everybody, all of us, every one of us. He came for us. And so the question I have, this reflection here on number four is, are we being a justice warrior? Are we? There is no doubt that the church opposes abortion. And it's made very clear. But that is not the only injustice that happens. There is sex trafficking that happens right here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Are we outraged about that? We need to be. We should be outraged at racism. We should be outraged at persecution. We should be outraged when there are widows and orphans on the street. We should be outraged that anything happening to the least of these, the church needs to rise up and take its rightful place in the community in which he has placed us. So we are not going to be a, a church that is, has one focus and only we're only going to fight one thing. We're going to fight injustice in general at the high level through prayer, through the preaching of the gospel, through bringing Jesus to our community and showing love in every one of the areas in which we see injustice. 
And I'll tell you what, church, I'm asking, I'm calling the church to rise up. If you have a passion about something, if you have excitement about something, if you feel like God has put something on inside of you that you want to, you can come alongside us and we can help develop and you can go help fight that injustice, then come see me. Come talk to us about it. The two of us aren't going to go fight every injustice that's out there. We don't have time for that. But I'm not just going to go randomly start picking injustices and going after it. I want our church to rise up and say, this is God, put this in my heart. And I'm just a person in this congregation, but I want you to partner with me in prayer and let the Holy Spirit lead the ministry that I want to start to help those who need my help and need the church's help. This is what we need. The church needs to rise up and take its rightful place. Not just the leaders of the church. What is an injustice to you? What grieves your heart? What grieves your spirit? What, when you hear it, begins to make you weep, begins to make you cry? Is it about families? Is it men's ministry? What is it? And ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with that? He put that on the inside of you for a reason. It means he's calling you to something. He's calling you to something. So worship team, I'm going to have you come back up. Because I feel like there was a lot of information today on the job description of the Holy Spirit, and there were some reflections as well. And in general, the Holy Spirit always is pointing us to Christ. He's always pointing us to Christ. And the Holy Spirit is always bringing unity and not division. He is always bringing unity and not division. He points us to Christ. He empowers us to do the work of Christ. He leads us and teaches us to be like Christ. And he points us to justice on behalf of Christ. This is the Holy Spirit's job description. And we need to reflect on each and every one of these things. This morning, before we leave, what does God have in store for me? Where am I missing it in these parts? And so we're going to have a prayer team up here while we do this last song. If you just want prayer for anything at all, prayer for healing, prayer for relationship, we're going to have a prayer team here. Liz and I will be here. There will be another prayer team here. Just come up during this last song. Just come up and get prayer. Babe, you want to come up here? And I want to end with this because this is the action I want us to take this morning. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. What does that look like? It's what we talked about this morning. It's surrender and submission. The Holy Spirit is calling us to live differently. Surrender and submission. When you think of somebody who's surrendering, what are they doing? They're waving the white flag. No longer my power, no longer my strength. I'm actually safer surrendering to God than trying to go any further on my own. If that's you this morning, come up here during this song. Do time with him.
at the altar. And then this idea of submission or yielding. We're submitting. If you, ever, if you ever come up to a yield sign when you're at an intersection, you have to yield to the other person who has the right of way. And are we yielding to the Holy Spirit? Are we submitting to the Holy Spirit, His plans and His purposes in our life? Yeah, it is, it's difficult to do. But with Him, all things are possible. With Him, all things are possible. So how do we yield right now? We have to remove distractions, repent for actions, and allow Him to work. So I want to give us time this morning to do that. Remove the distraction, repent for the action, and allow Him to work. Because that begins to pave the way for what He wants to do in our lives. So worship team, we're going to do this song. Prayer team, if you guys come up here, and we'll be right here to pray with anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are working. You are working. Father, we surrender to you. We yield to you. We submit to you because we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Even when we don't see it, you're working. That is a promise of the word. Even when we don't feel it, you are working. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Father, thank you for your work today in our lives. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and all the facets of the Holy Spirit that we can walk with each and every day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I have a benediction I want to just speak over you out of Hebrews 13. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Well, we're so glad you guys came today. Thank you for watching online as well. Have an enjoyable day. God is good all the time. Amen.